Blog Talk Radio. A Monday warrior, mean, mean stride. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean afternoon on the East Coast. Good morning on the West Coast and a great day to you wherever and whenever you may be listening. My name is Jason Dias, broadcasting live from the studio of EloquentOnline.net in beautiful, well, it's beautiful to us because we needed the rain, soggy, wet, gray, misty, um, depressing kind of outside like, a, you know, Tori Davis cover band. Um, but uh, nonetheless, beautiful because it is home, New Braunfels, Texas, Republic thereof. This is the Power Performance, the show that asks the question, if your brand were a band, would you leave the audience wanting more? Think about some of the great bands of our American generational musical history and why they broke up. I guarantee you it wasn't because of talent. It was because of personality. And so we're going to talk about that later on in the show, the dynamics in our modern American marketplace and workplace circa 2018. And I do enjoy talking about that. However, the, the luxury to talk about that uh, is afforded to me by banking clients that do the stuff that has to be done. Uh, remember, strategic planning, I can send it to you on a post-it note. Make loans, get paid back, and you can send me a check for strategic planning anytime you want. And it's not complicated. And one of the beautiful things about the credit union marketplace is in its cooperative nature, credit unions share their successes with other credit unions. And one of the more interesting people that I've met in the course of the show and the history of the show, which goes back to March of 2010, is going to be our guest after the break. He is the grand overlord. And that is not me using hyperbole. That's on his business card, by the way. He is the grand overlord of Travis County Credit Union that is succeeding in the literal shadow, physically, advertising budget, and otherwise of gazillions of massive banking brands in the little blue island that is Travis County up in Austin, Texas, Republic thereof, approximately – I would say about a good 40-minute car trip today from New Braunfels. And so we're going to talk to him about his results because that's what matters. And, of course, what we're going to get to later is about just hmm, what's it like, the personality dynamic at work. Do we talk about it too much? Do we not talk about it enough? Has it gotten out of balance in favor of one group of people or another? Hmm, we'll talk about it, and we'll do it all right after this. A hard-headed man who's brutally handsome, that could apply to either the host or the guest today. Hey, Wayne, what's going on? 
Hey, good morning, Jason. I did I did notice a resemblance to that song. Yeah. Studio studio audience is sucking up. They saw that picture on Twitter last night where I guess you took <laughs> out your team for what was it, a staff meeting? Wayne, I, I don't know. I get I get I get the idea from look at that picture that not only did you guys have a great time, but I bet at the end of you said, Hey guys, I got this. <laughs> you know, I'll take care of the task. Oh, for sure. We, 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 we had a great time. The, those of us that were able to make it. Um, and it's, it's a really fun way to, to get to know your staff, your colleagues, your coworkers. Um, we certainly talked about what we're doing here. Let's, let's, let's uh, focus on what we're going to do at work tomorrow. What's our plan. But then ob- there's obviously a social component. We were very right. much engaged um, in sharing personal stories. So it's, it was, a, it was a lot uh-huh. of fun. I love it. Well, let's talk about some of those results because, as I said in the setup here, folks, um, you know, there's a lot of talk. It's an election year, and I look. I'm not a political scientist. I'm not an economist. I'm a historian, and one of the reasons that the election atmosphere in Texas it has changed a bit is that a lot of people are moving into Texas from other states, and it's changing the political dynamic, the demographics. The cities that used to be not so busy are very, very busy now, and, and no city exemplifies that better than Austin, Texas. At one point last year, 600 new residents were moving in to Austin. You guys have the name, Travis County, in your name, and you guys are just blowing stuff up. Tell us about it. Well, we've We've been blessed. Um, honestly, we're, we have established a shop here that is unique among our peers. Uh, we really do create a boutique experience, I think. Um, and we had a goal for ourselves that we started back in the middle of 2012 to double our loan portfolio, and we accomplished that earlier this year. So it's, it's uh, just phenomenal to, to have doubled the loan portfolio, increasing earnings, increasing assets, increasing members um, in such a short time. Wayne, did I lose you there, buddy? I'm here. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you cut out for just a second. No, it is. It is fascinating. And you know, you have a. You used a word that I love. I love this boutique. The the concept of a boutique or sort of a specialized area doesn't mean that the effort has to be small. You guys are doing great loan numbers, and it sounds like a lot of that has to do with the with the chemistry on your team. And I wanted to ask you about that. Uh, you, you're obviously the grand overlord is, is a, is a play on, Hey, you're the boss, you're the boss. And I'm sure you empower other people to hire folks that join the team occasionally. And I wanted to ask you about your personalities work so well to get it. The person that does the hiring know that who they're hiring has to fit in from a personality standpoint, just as much as the qualifications matter. Absolutely. Uh, you, you need to be qualified in what you're doing. You need to be educated in what you're doing. But at the same time, uh, you can be really book smart, but just not, not mm. really keen on communicating with, with people. Um, so it's, mm. we, part of our onboarding is really to deliver to you the concept of not-for-profit, not a, a cooperative nature of what we're doing, people helping people. That's, that's what it's about. So it's really we got to make sure that you're drinking the Kool-Aid too because you're going to be out there selling, selling this, this atmosphere, this, this fun-loving, not-for-profit atmosphere. 
Yeah, I, I I enjoy following you guys on social media. You know your 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 Twitter feed. It's not overdone. A lot of times it's about work anniversaries or birthdays. Perfectly great results driven tweets and stuff like that. Uh, educational things, product information, um, with the whole suite of social media services out there. Do you sometimes kind of look? and say, hey, gosh, how are we doing this? We are this um, smaller financial player in a market of banking giants. Are, do you ever sign and look at it and say, get reflective and say, man, this is, this is actually a lot of fun? Every day. <laughs> Every day. Every day I, I'm, I'm thankful to have the experience because it, so many people tell me, gosh, how can, you, how can you have so much fun at work? Well, you've got to wow. love what you do, and to be able to, to share that passion with with the 10 other folks here that work with me. Um, and we all have that, that individual passion for what mm. we're doing. So I, I'm, it's, I'm honestly coming to work every day with my best friends. It's, there's okay, no better well place to be. I do want to, I do want to ask you about that. You said the 10 other people to some, to some people that are listening, credit unions and consulting firms and architectural firms or whatever, that doesn't sound like a big number of people. I believe it is empirically significant because you can put five people in a, in a room and you're going to find some personality issues. How do you guys stay above all of that? Because uh, you know, I'm going to talk about in a minute here, when I worked with the two musicians, even between three people, we had personality issues, three people. And you've sure. got 10 people. Um, is, is there some secret to that? I, I, I wish I could say yes, but it, it really, it, we, we work at it um, every day. My, my vice president, Alicia Casada, she, she summed it up really nice. You know what? We're a family and we won't, we won't agree every day and we're going to have fights right. from time to time. But at the end of the day, we're family and we still love each other. So wow. it's, it, 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 it really is summed up like that. You just can't get yeah. hung up on, on the little things. Yeah, well, it's awesome. It is, it is, and I encourage people to follow you guys online. Like I said, it's a great from a from a historical standpoint. It's a great primary source for a financial institution that is thriving in an area of the state and the country that is thriving. But hey, you've got to take advantage of your geography and your history and the opportunities that you've been provided. Before we let you go, hey, what's next on the agenda for your credit union? Looking at the end of the year and in 2019. We we accomplished goal number one, which was significant loan growth. My next goal is uh, to mirror that with member growth. So we're really going to hit the streets nice. and uh, try to try to uh, bring everybody's awareness to us. Well, when he's not being the grand overlord, you can find him doing a number of things, flying his airplane, uh, taking his staff out for a night on the town. I think such a great Austin picture, Wayne. You know, somebody there with a Corona, <laughs> someplace with a sports on in the background. You know what? That's You probably had a better Thursday night than I did here at home. So good for you and good on y'all. Thank you so very, very much for being back on the show. It's a pleasure. All right, man. Wayne Waters, everybody. What a nice guy. Yep. No, I'm sorry. The thing I, it cut out for a second in my ear. It might have just been me, um, but no. The loan the loan numbers are insane. Uh, it is just you can't imagine. You have to you have to imagine if you've never been to Austin. You have to imagine literally the shadows of downtown casting a literal shadow over this credit union, and they just continue to perform. Hey. That's, it's in the name of the show, The Power Performance, the show that asks the question, if your brand were a band, would you 
leave the audience wanting more. I'm going to talk about this. This mm, never easy. I don't want to be accused of mansplaining. Well, I don't mansplain. I explain things. I don't think about it uh, any other way. But the name of our episode today, Ladies First, mm, that used to be a thing. And believe it or not, there were some women that had an issue with that. And I'm wondering, is just we have too much time to talk about this stuff? Or are there some uh, conversations we need to have in the American workplace but aren't having? So we'll talk about that and we'll do it all. over if you're worried about a Title VII lawsuit. But no, seriously, I've, I read an article earlier this week by Jill Nowacki, young CEO of the Connecticut Credit Union League. Yes, even out on the Atlantic seaboard, there are these credit unions that are clinging desperately to their identity. And I think Vermont is the other one, although it's not, it's landlocked, but it's still out there in the Atlantic time zone. And Jill wrote this article, and, and there was a headline that, that got my attention. It's, what about the way women treat women at work? And it got me thinking about, you know, it's, it is a luxury. It is a luxury to have the time to talk about these things in the credit union marketplace. It is a luxury to have this, the CEO of a state with a lot of credit unions that has the time to uh, pen her thoughts about a particular thing. And I think that's great. And like I said, it's credit unions like, like Wayne's, you know, you're making your numbers, you're, you're, you're doing what needs to be done. Now you get to have the fun. Now you get to do the, the, the fun things in life. On my Christian show, we just did the book of Ecclesiastes. We're in the wisdom literature part of the Bible. This thousand years where people finally had a chance to relax, no more wars, no more fighting. Let's create music and annotation and songs and things like that. Let's write poetry and stories and stuff like that. And I think that's where we are right now in the banking marketplace. I, I think it is a good time right now, economically speaking. I, I don't think like a lot of people, we're going to be you know blindsided by a great recession just in time for the 2020 campaign. I'm not an economist. I'm a historian. And historically speaking, at a fourth turning, you see several years of, of prolonged economic growth and prosperity. Now, yes, there will be a correction. There will be the, if you ever took statistics, the inevitable regression towards the mean. But right now, we're in a good place, I believe. I believe it's a good and um, optimistic time to be in banking, as evidenced by our guest earlier. But I read that article, and of course, um, on the heels of the Serena Williams meltdown, I am a huge tennis nerd. I was a club champion down in Bear County. I, I played tournaments when I was in high school. I was a very, very good tennis player and, and gave it up like an idiot to try to play baseball. And there was never any chance that I was going to be a professional baseball player or a scholarship recipient for, for baseball. But I thought it was a cooler sport at the time than tennis. But I still love tennis. And I was watching that. And I thought, well, you know what? 
if you want equality, just put the women and men together, and you'll never have another female champion at one of these one of these big events. I wasn't sure how I felt about that, and and then of course Jill's article came out. I think it was back um, I think it was back on Wednesday that I read that, and I reread it this morning. And you know, Jill's a very thoughtful person. I I first met her in person. I've only done this show I think three times. From a, from a credit union location, a remote. The first time I did it was at MAPS Credit Union in Oregon, which is where Jill Nowacki used to work. And I remember walking up and coming out of the elevator and ran into Jill and another gentleman there at the credit union. And the guy just starts gushing, the guy, not Jill, the guy starts gushing about the way I was dressed. I had on what I called my Scarface suit, Tony Montana, you know, the pinstripe black uh, suit with the with the white shirt underneath and the French cuffs and the chain around my neck, you know, and and I thinking about that in preparation for the show today, there are there was a moment there that that had that been a guy commenting on a girl's appearance or a woman's appearance, it, it might have crossed the line Remember from the office. Where where is the line? And I think we're still trying to figure out. You know, ladies first used to be a concept. Hey, if you're ordering dinner, ladies first. If you're um, opening the door, ladies first. If you get someplace saving type, ladies first. There is a discipline and a culture in certain parts of our country and academics and media that say, how dare you? How dare you assume that I want you to hold the door open for me? Before women's equality, there was ladies first. And believe it or not, some feminists have complained about that too. Uh, Jill's column article wasn't really about what I thought it was based upon the headline, but my guess is she didn't write the headline. The guys over at CU Insight did, but it did get me thinking about. Uh, I used to do a sh- I used to do a session called Random Thoughts: The Three Things You're Not Supposed the, th- the Three Things You're Not Supposed to Talk About at Work, but we all do. And of course, it was um, sex, politics, and religion. Not sex, the act, but the concept of male and female. Another problem. We used to agree on that, and we don't all agree on that anymore. And I don't pretend to have the most enlightened view about those types of issues. But what I do know is when I saw the headline, I thought back on not just that awkward moment at MAPS Credit Union where that gentleman was just sort of gushing over me and straightening my lapels and stuff like that. It it was different. It was, well, what about the times that I've seen an attractive woman come into a workplace for the first time and it's snicker, snicker, snicker. All the other ladies, well, excuse me. I mean, it's unmistakable. I saw it as as clear as I'm speaking to you today when I worked at the bank at Norris Banks out in Midland, Texas, late 90s. Uh, our vault teller, I mean, she simply looked like someone they drew up in central casting. You know, um, what's the name on Roger Rabbit? Jessica Rabbit. I mean, just, she, just, she moved to the lobby. She moved to the bank. And yes, uh, male customers noticed and male employees noticed and treated her differently and, and talked to her differently. And yes, she was divorced. And yes, she was single. And I'm telling you, they're in Midland, Texas, the Bible Belt, plenty of women. Plenty of women didn't didn't want to be friendly with her, didn't go out of their way to help her. Things that would have benefited the bank and its customers and its tactical and strategic 
purpose. I think if we're going to have an honest conversation about personality dynamics at work, we got to start with some very, very basic things. And if it makes me unenlightened to say so, I'm sorry. This is just the way I was raised. Okay, You talk about diversity. This is generational diversity. I see men and I see women at work. I, that's really where it starts with me. I, I don't say white guy, Hispanic woman. It's just it's men and women. You know, when I was uh, speaking professionally, the California Credit Union League, and this is before Diana Dykstra took over there. This goes back 2003, 2004. Did a ton of events for the California League to get my speaking career started. I get calls that, hey, we got an event in Las Vegas on this particular date. It's a teller supervisor conference. 90% women. We want to put a good-looking guy up in front of them. Are you available? I was like, yes and yes. Yeah. Was was that? Could you have asked? Could you have said that to a female professional speaker? Um, could you have said that in with an earshot of all the, the the female employees where you where you worked? But as a guy, I was not offended. I wasn't offended by the guy that was taken with my parents at Maps Credit Union back in two thousand and. 10 or 11 or 12 or whenever that would have been after the show started. So yeah, 2012, 2013. As a guy, I'm not going to be offended, but I understand there are some people that would be. We're going to have an honest conversation about personality dynamics. That that was the other thing. That's the promise. Last thing. I, I, I I responded to something once on LinkedIn. Someone responds, oh, look who's mansplaining. As though I don't have the right to comment on issues of gender, I know the difference between the two. I've been around my whole life in, in every context. I can't pass an opinion on something. Let me tell you something. I explain things. I talk about things. And I don't need anybody's permission to do that. But, you know, I used to be polite and say, you know, ladies first and Merry Christmas and you if you sneezed and – then that turned into something you couldn't say. I think we need, you know, Jill's a great young lady, great youthful voice in the credit union marketplace. Man, we got to start having a more significant conversation about what we're wasting time on, if we're wasting time, if it's just a symptom of prosperity, that we have the time to write these things down and share our thoughts. It's a cooperative marketplace. The social media marketplace is everybody's. I would never tell someone like Jill to, to write a certain number of letters to see you. It's none of my business. It got my attention. It wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be about, but it got me thinking about the gender dynamic at work because I've seen every iteration of it, and, and I don't pretend to know all the answers. But hmm, I thought in the context of performance, in the context of a performance, your live performance, which leads to the loan performance that Wayne described for a credit union. It does, re- it does rely on a harmony of personalities, male, female, and now all the other hyphenations that have been tossed in to the equation. And I just think it mm, might be time to start eliminating some of those things and starting this discussion from a very, very mid-level place, and that is men and women at work. We don't have to worry about all the other things that have been added to that penalty of who we are and what we are and what we claim on our census form. So that is, that, is my, that is my opinion and how it affects performance because that's the name of the show, The Power Performance, the show that asks the question, if your brand were a band, would you 
leave the audience wanting more. Until next week, my name is Jason Dallas. I'll talk to you all next week. Take care. The V, the V, and that's all, folks.